Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great collars, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrip.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hey, guys, it's going to happen. August 16th through the 19th, HITS is coming back. The HITS Canine Conference in Orlando, Florida, August 16th through the 19th. Get on there. It's the biggest, the best. Check it out. Hitscanine.net. Hitscanine.net. Get registered now. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it. You want from mild to wild. They'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out, horizonstructures.com. All right, everybody. We are back broadcasting the Bite Working Dog Radio. Uh, my name is Eric Stambro from Canton, Ohio. Usually with me is uh, my co-host, Ted Summer. He's out in Bend, Oregon, um, doing an HRD seminar out there in the four-hour distance or difference in the time. He's still working, so uh, you're stuck with me today. Um, oh, wait. At the start of this episode, I got to put on my uh, Top Gun Ray-Bans because look at that. Because I went and saw Top Gun Maverick the other day. Uh, boy, these are dark. I can't sit there with those things on. But um, my wife and I, through our business, we um, rented a theater a 54 seat theater for, and we invited all of our family, not all of our, yeah, all of our family and some friends and uh, then all of our employees and their, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, kids, everything. And it was a blast. Uh, we had a great time. What a great movie. Um, I've told everybody Top Gun is probably the original Top Gun. I've seen more than any movie ever. Uh, so it's Godfather still my favorite, but I've definitely seen Top Gun more than any other movie. So this this movie was great. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, um, it's you're going to recognize a lot of things from the previous movie. There's a lot of references, um, some cheesy parts that I think were on purpose to be kind of like the first movie. So if you've never seen the movie, the first one, you don't really need to see it to go see the second one. The cinematography with the planes is crazy, but you're, you're going to miss out on some of the... Um, reasons why they say some things so but anyways uh got a handler school going on right now um just one one in handler and one dog in it i got a couple extra green dogs in the kennel so that handler who's an experienced handler it's his second dog he's um he's working four dogs so he works the dogs that his and and all the other ones so he's getting lots of leash time and it's a little different from when he went through before so he's learning a lot we're having a good time that's that's about it on the on the police dog side of things. Pet dogs are booming, doing well, doing everything. So um, tonight we're gonna uh, we got a couple guests on that uh, some of you may remember. Um, this is a great topic, right? This is a really good topic. Uh, 
it, we get a lot of questions and, and honestly, you know, if you're dealing with the medical world uh, of dogs, um, if you go to your regular vet, for example, a lot of them always refer dental stuff to experts, to other people, because even for them, it's, it's a, it's a complicated issue or can be um, there's 42 of them bad boys in their mouth and, you know, which, which can generate a lot of problems and a lot of good stuff. And, and especially on the canine side of things, we want to keep those teeth healthy and uh, it's not always that easy. Um, but we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things tonight. So joining us tonight is Olivier and Dr. James Anthony boys. How are you? Good. Great. Thanks Thank for coming for back. We, we appreciate it. Um, if you, if you guys remember, you go back and look, uh, uh, they're with one TDC, uh, a great company. We, we had a great time. Uh, we learned a lot. We're going to learn a lot more tonight. We have, uh, a segment we're going to do tonight where we asked a bunch of questions on Instagram and got some amazing questions from people. And so we're going to delve into it. Um, but before that, let's remind everybody who you are guys. Uh, we can start with you, Olivier, if you want. Sure. So I'm Olivier. I'm the uh, co-founder of the, the one TDC product with the uh, work so well company. And uh, it's just nice to be here. It's a subject that's dear to our hearts and anything we can do to help those dogs that are working hard for us. Uh, that's our pleasure. And, and you got some really good questions on Instagram. So we're pretty pumped to, to help out and let Dr. Anthony share all of his wisdom. So thanks for having us. Um, well, we'll get into it in a bit. Uh, Dr. Anthony, uh, tell a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I'm a specialist in dentistry, both for North America and Europe. I do a lot of teaching and I've worked uh, uh, in a lot of referral practices uh, throughout the world, uh, mainly New York, uh, Saskatoon, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Los Angeles, Philippines. So I've, I've been all over the place. I've worked uh, a lot on working dogs, uh, a lot of uh, dogs from state troopers, Homeland Security, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, FBI, even the uh, CIA. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so I've had a, a lot of experience in working dogs. So hopefully I can share some of that wisdom with your listeners. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, coming on with us. So do you find when you travel around the world that um, that dog dentistry is, is a specialty everywhere or do you, or you guys see it getting lumped in with a lot of other things? It is a specialty is recognized as a specialty in most parts of the world in the developing countries, not so much, but it is beginning to be recognized as a specialty in those countries. So uh, things are changing. Uh, people all have a, a basic understanding. When I say people, I'm talking about veterinarians. They all have a basic understanding of uh, dentistry. But when it comes to uh, the nitty gritty, uh, they're, they haven't been taught properly by the vet schools. And as a result, uh, the vet schools are lagging in knowledge in veterinary dentistry. So most veterinarians that graduate are a little bit deficient with their knowledge in, in veterinary dentistry, unfortunately. And most uh, do a very good job of taking continued education and getting well-educated in the area. But again, not the same as a specialist, obviously. 
I would assume because of going through veterinarian school there you're you have so much so much stuff to learn that they can't hit on everything as hard as they probably would even like is there so yeah I know as you know in medical school doctors when they get to a point they kind of decide a branch that they go on is do they do that in veterinary school or are you just like I'm really good at this teeth stuff well, there's a basically a, a basic veterinary degree, which everybody gets, and then that's when people start wanting to specialize. And there are specialty uh, programs around. Uh, I basically was self-taught because I was a pioneer in the field. Uh, all my learning was the school <laughs> hard knocks. OJT, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, uh, basically, I've, I've learned a lot the hard way and what things that take maybe 10 minutes to teach now, I used to take two hours to figure out or more. And uh, the, I've, I've given a lot of uh, teaching over the years. Uh, I've had uh, 14 dental residents that I've trained. Wow. Uh, I taught at uh, vet schools all over the world. And uh, I was a tenured professor at the University of Saskatchewan. Oh, that's awesome. So do you, uh, do you like teaching at some point you had to put up the instruments and start teaching? Is that, was that a big decision to make or were you still getting in there every once in a while? Well, what I did was uh, I, I took a part-time appointment. It was a, a basically an 85% appointment. And the rest of the time I would do uh, work. I'd fly to LA or New York and, do cases there. So I, I still kept my hands busy in the, the field and abreast of the field. Uh, right now, I'm starting to slow down a little bit and uh, do more teaching than I am uh, cases. Uh, I'm more doing cattle work now <laughs> at the farm. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. But, uh, I, I, you know, I love, uh, I love what I do. I say that I, I didn't have a job. I had a hobby for my life. And I, you know, every day was something new that I just love going to work. One of the things that I tell people, because uh, when I'm teaching handlers, canine handlers with their dogs, um, you know, teaching, training, teaching dogs is a pretty, with a little bit of quirks in a pretty prescribed way. But I believe if you're going to teach human beings, you got to become a bit of a, of a psychologist, a human psychologist, and learn a lot of things. What has tauting, tauting, what has teaching humans during all this taught you is it made you like really have to delve in how people learn and the differences in different people well you have to find out what are individuals trigger points as far as how to make them learn and how they how they learn everybody learns a little bit different than each other and uh, you have to learn to find out what triggers them to uh be able to do things or, you know, some people are better at listening and understanding than doing and their, their skill set may not be uh, the best, but you can develop it over time. And as a result, you got to see where they're deficient in and work and improve that. So see with veterinary dentistry, it's not just all education. It's not just, just thought, but it's also tactile and mm -hmm. uh, lot on your your fingers most people when i first trained them they're really very i would say rough 
And <laughs> as a result, we have to teach finesse and controlled force, not mm. uh, force, but controlled force and being really technique sensitive and using the proper instruments as well. Unfortunately, some of the instruments are not cheap, but uh, you need them for certain procedures. So knowing when to have the right uh, instruments are, is an educational process. So it's using your brains, your muscles, as well as your finesse. And so it uses all your senses. And it's nice because I don't want to say you have a captive audience, but you have a group of people that you have a high acumen and they're used to being in school. They're used to learning. And uh, so that, that's always a big help. I, I get guys that come to me, you know, for their first canine school and they're maybe 35 years old and they haven't had to learn anything in about 14 years, you know, or 12 years. And a lot of them, because, uh, you know, if we're trying to cram a canine handler school in a six week time frame, it's drinking from a fire hose. And a lot of people are like, man, I thought I was smart, but I don't learn, you know, like I've got a 35 year old guy. I'm like, listen, you, I'm going to give you the instruction. You need to repeat it back to me, go get your dog, then repeat it back to me again. I'm not trying to teach you like you're treat you like you're a child, but dude, you can't remember stuff for five seconds. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different audience. So, uh, but I'm, we're lucky to have guys like you. It sounds like you may have started the whole traveling doctor trend. You know, the traveling nurse, traveling doctor, well, you might that. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I've done, let's put it this way. When the steward <laughs> says, says, know you by name, uh, that's, you're traveling too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the truth. So, Olivier, um, let's remind everybody how Work So Well started. What is one TDC? Let's get into that part a little bit. Yeah, so one TDC, it's it's a very powerful product that promotes really healthy natural anti-inflammatories. It started on the human side, actually, and a lot of your listeners actually are using the the pain uh, cream of that, which is a phenomenal product. But when we came to the animal side, which was really interesting, we realized we had this incredible joint health product, complete orthopedic muscles, tendons, ligaments, and joints. But then we realized that when it came to oral health, so gum health problems, there was nothing. So we're like, wow, we've got, we've got this joint health product and we got this oral health product into one. This is like a, a big deal. So I actually met Dr. Anthony at a veterinary dental forum and we were published in the, in the journal of, um, uh, you know, dentistry on the, on the human side. And Dr. Anthony, he looked at the research, he was looking it through and he was super nice, you know, nice gentleman from Canada university. And he looked at it and he's like, Hmm. I'd like to do some research. And I'm like, great, we're, we're going to get some research done by, you know, veterinary dentists. We were stoked. So what Dr. Hansen didn't tell us then is that when he read the research, he was like, there's no way this is going to do what they said this is going to do. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to prove them wrong. So we were like, he decided to do the research on cats of all animals that we could think about. <laughs> he decided to do on cats, university cats. And uh, I will always remember that. Dr. Anthony calls me six weeks later and he says, Olivier, your product actually works. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we know that. But, and, and that's really a, a testament to Dr. Oh, Anthony. Remember I said, I apologize first. He, he, yeah. he did say that. That's true. I, I will let him say that. But mm -hmm. the, the point that what I've always loved about Dr. And, and by the way, he's now, full disclosure, he's now our, our chief medical officer. So he went from being skeptical to prove us wrong, yeah. apologized, and then he became our chief medical officer. And, and that's a testament of Dr. Anthony. He, 
he's skeptical, but he's open-minded and he will do the research. Now, subsequently, he's, he's used the product, obviously helping a lot of dogs and cats, um, you know, over 15,000 patients clinically and, and did research. But that's our passion. And when we look at your community, when we think of their mouth, it's, it's like, it's their weapon. Like anything mm-hmm. we can do to contribute uh, with the product 1TDC, it's a no-brainer. All of them should be using it. But it's not just about that. It's also the education. That's what we're really fortunate to, to have Dr. Anthony that comes on shows like yours to, to educate, to help those, you know, those, those soldiers, those officers, those canine officers. And that, that's, um, that, that just warms our heart when we can make a difference and keep them in the, in the game at work longer and healthy. Yeah, I like that. Um, my thing is for us, you know, we have sponsors on the podcast and I, I, we, we've always said, we're not going to uh, just have a sponsor to take money. We're, we're just going to, we're going to look at the product. We're going to see what it is. I'm not going to put our name on it just, you know, to have, listen, I got a, I have a business. I have a job. This isn't paying, you know, the podcast doesn't, isn't our livelihood. So I want to be very, um, you know, clear of what we're, what we're promoting and that we use it and that we like it. Um, so when you're looking through that, uh, that, I don't know if it's in, in the journal, or, or what you're doing when you research, is that kind of like a peer review type thing? Or is it just, is that what they call that at that point? Yeah, I mean, Dr. Anthony can speak a bit more on that. James, I think you more, it's more appropriate for to to explain that. Yeah, no, uh, like the research I did for, uh, well, privately before on one TDC was uh, a peer reviewed uh, paper. And so it's subject to review by other specialists and uh, uh, critiqued by them. So it, you should always have peer reviewed. It gives a lot more credibility. Double blind study. So you've got a control group and, uh, and he didn't know, but the, the part that was interesting when he called me up, he said, it's very clear for him just by looking at the, at the, the results. And then subsequently you've got the clinical use, um, you know, 15,000 patients. That's a lot of patients to see what this product does uh, and help. <laughs> the, the, the yeah, that, that's a lot. So uh, without getting too deep into the woods on it, how much different are cat's teeth from dog's teeth? Not very different. I mean, different shapes. That's about it. Uh, Cats are true carnivores. Dogs are omnivores. Mm -hmm. So so in other words, cats are meat eaters where dogs could be vegetable eaters as well as meat eaters. Can so you imagine if cats, house cats, were the size of dogs? <laughs> the, the problems uh, we would of, have. <laughs> I've worked at a lot of tigers and leopards and Whoa. lions and that as well. So yeah, we're just gonna let uh, this thing, this domesticated predator, sleep in our bed. It's like sixty-five <laughs> pound carnivore. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, that'd be nice good. Kitty. Be great. Yeah, a whole <laughs> whole housefuls of bobcats. You know. It's, we're, we're, we're lucky there. I think Joe Rogan said that one time. He said, if cats were as big as some of these bigger dogs, they would, they would just dominate everything. And we would all be in a lot of trouble. So um, I heard you say earlier about having the cattle farm. So are you, you got a little farm vet in you there? Um, no, I, I just love farming. I have a vineyard and uh, hay fields and some cattle, I raise some cattle. And, you know, do a little bit of vegetable gardens and, and yeah. that's about it. I love it. So semi-retired, not really, but. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You get that's to right. take some time when you want and 
do some things. I, I love it. That's that sounds awesome. So we're gonna go ahead and take our first commercial break. We come back. We are going to do. Um, we're gonna jump in and answer some some uh, viewers and listener questions. Uh, we got some really good stuff on Instagram. We'll get into it. Get in a little bit more of uh, one TDC, and then we're gonna talk about some must dos, things you must do uh, or should be doing with with uh, with your dog's um, dental health. So uh, stick around. Uh, show notes has all the discount codes and we're going to have a special discount code in there uh, when we're done with this for, for everybody based on this episode. So don't fast forward through the commercials. I know you do it because I do it. So make sure you listen to the commercials. If not read the notes at the bottom. So we'll be right back. Hits canine training conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots and the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they consider to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com. By now, you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, Quick Turn by Vet Care. It does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find like, magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. Quick Derm by Vetcare on the inter- on Instagram and on Facebook. And then hit them up with the discount code 10WDR for 10% off your first order. 
So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years. If you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EasyRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FL FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to tactical police canine training, that's letter K number nine training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. All right, everybody, we're back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting The Bite with Olivier from Work So Well and Dr. James Anthony, dental specialist to the stars, or actually just to animals. But uh, um, we the first segment there, if you if you guys missed it, we talked about uh, who they are, where they, how they got into this, how they met up. And um, I'm going to have to put on reading glasses for this, guys, because I am 52. I'm almost 53. I'll be in August. Um, <laughs> I talked so much shit when my wife started wearing glasses because she's uh, five years older than me. And I'm like, come on now. And then I look around when, when she's not looking and I have to look at it. Uh, it. Of course, started dark lighting, you know, when the room got darker, that was the problem. So what we did was um, we put out a post on Instagram and uh, it's funny, the picture we used, and this is kind of, it's kind of done on purpose, but it ended up, being a focal point of a lot of the questions, the, the, um, the, the picture is, a I would, it looks like a German shepherd with a tug toy in his mouth and he has four titanium canines. And, uh, so we're going to kind of get into that a little bit. That seems to be a, uh, popular thing that it, I don't know if people do it for the look or what they're doing with it, but, um, that, that brought out a lot of things, the, uh, from some folks. So, we're going to go through a lot of these questions are pretty similar. Um, and uh, Olivier, did you see a few specifically that you uh, really liked? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a common recurring theme. And one of the ones I thought was really interesting, I think from a myth, I think we probably got to take care of that one quickly is uh, the whole thing about the antlers do as adults. I think we should just kind of hash this out quickly to help all those dogs and, and, and stop playing Russian roulette with that. But I'll let Dr. Anthony answer that one. Yeah. 
Well, when it comes to antlers, I'm not a big advocate. The main reason why I say that is because every single dog that has been given an antler to chew, I have noticed a minimum of chipped teeth, but not broken teeth. These chipped teeth still need to be addressed because chip the outer portion of the tooth, which is called the enamel, then the underneath portion of the tooth is called dentin. And these have little, little tubes in them that go to the pulp. And bacteria can go through these tubes into the pulp and infect it and cause a systemic infection down the road. More importantly, with these open tubules, the animal feels discomfort. Now, they'll still have the drive for biting, but as soon as they bite, they will lock, they'll try to lock on, but they'll hurt and that they'll let go. So that's one of the most common signs that we see of some discomfort uh, from the mouth, especially from broken teeth. So with antlers, you know, I have a hard time recommending an antler for a chew toy. I, I've just seen every single one I've seen that have had it, have had broken teeth. And so, you know, when you see that, you can't really recommend it. At least yeah, I can't. This sounds familiar. Like maybe we mentioned this before, but it sounds like it still is an ongoing problem. And if you look, those antlers, a lot of those are just plastic. They're not even like deer antlers. You know, and they get those little frayed ends and they just tear, you can see it on dogs. And they'll sit there and just grind on that thing for a long time. And um, I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, Canine Jackie uh, on Instagram asks, what is the best products health and safety wise for brushing teeth? That always seems to be a thing because, you know, guys with working dogs, especially like, oh, I can't brush his teeth. He'll, he'll rip my hand off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with any little kid, it takes time for them to learn how to brush their teeth as well. So it takes time for dogs to accept it as well. So to try to get them to accept brushing their teeth with doing it once or twice, that's not going to happen. You got to be patient. You have to start off gently and work your way up. So in other words, you got to get them used to having something in the mouth. But I'll say initially, just tab your finger, just rub your finger on the gums of the teeth first, and then introduce a, a toothbrush, let them just chew it for a bit, and then start gently stroking, and then slowly add more pressure to actually where you're going to be brushing as hard as you would brush your own teeth. Now, the big thing here is uh, with your, the readers or the listeners uh, question, what products to use? Well, there's a number of different types of toothpaste, gels, and whatnot. And all of them have some benefit, but really the big benefit is the actual method of brushing. And you could just use water as a lubricant. Most toothpastes are just lubricants. There's some that have enzymatic action, which has a little bit of a bactericidal effect, but most are lubricants. And that's what is helping with the, the brushing technique. So as far as products go, basically, anything that uh, the dog likes. Uh, the big thing here is to brush properly. So what I do is I use a human brush, basically an adult brush for the Malamog, German Shepherd. And what I do is I put the brush bristle at a 45 degree angle to the tooth and go horizontally back and forth, 
on the outside of the mouth and, and then the front the same way. What this is is called the circular method of brushing. People are taught to do this as well. However, most times we don't do that because over time we wear down our gums that way. Now that's usually after 20, 30 years of brushing. Unfortunately, our friends don't last that long. <laughs> I wish they did, but uh, we're trying to make them last longer, but uh, haven't achieved that completely yet. So as a result, this is the most effective method of brushing and cleaning the teeth and the easiest method. But again, most people don't know about it because their dentist doesn't really tell them because it long-term it can cause problems with humans. But with animals, it works wonderful. And it takes time, it just takes time. Now you have to be gentle and, and perseverant so basically the, the, the other products that you put on, the toothpaste to that are mainly lubricants. Does that answer your question? Yes, uh, real quick on, on product, and we, I don't wanna name any, anything like that, but is there anything, and I, I'm just thinking out loud if people start doing, all of a sudden they listen to this, like, yeah, I'm gonna start brushing. Have you ever seen any allergies come from any of the teeth? Uh, brushing things because you know dogs can be a little sensitive to a lot of different things i haven't seen any that uh from the 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 store-bought products that have caused allergies now sometimes if you give too much uh there may be a digestive disturbance mm -hmm. so, you know you, if, if you only put a little dab on the toothbrush that's all you're supposed to use. Oh yeah. That's you know, these tube. people are just squirting piles of it on there. You know, just yeah. get, let me, let me let him taste better. half the tube first. We'll let him taste that. Yes. So it doesn't bite me in the hand. So yeah, that's a good, that's a really good answer. Um, so, uh, Maligator underscore Dex asks, my dog's teeth are about, it says half shipped. I, I don't know what that meant, but uh, you can probably figure it out and want to implant them. And I also want to continue his bite work. Um, should I get him checked? Also, if, if I leave his teeth alone, just kill the nerve, would he still be able to have a good bite? Okay, from, from what I think he's saying is that there some teeth are broken that have yeah, it sounds exposure. like it. Yeah. If if a dog has pulpal exposure or near pulpal exposure, those teeth should have a root canal treatment so just like how you and i have a root canal same thing with dogs by having a root canal treatment we take out the nerve inside the tooth and put a filling material in that heals the the tip of the root and then we put a, a basically a, a filling on top and uh, basically leave it for a bit uh, i always recommend for working dogs to place crowns the reason I say that is the dogs are, are very abusive on their teeth because they have that drive. Mm -hmm. And as a result, once you have a broken tooth, it's much easier to get subsequent fractures on those teeth that you even treat. So by putting a crown on, it makes the tooth much stronger than it was in the first place. I've never seen a crown break. I've seen a couple of teeth underneath that break off. And, uh, you know, that has uh, happened. I remember, I'll give you one example. Uh, I put a crown on this, did a root canal and a crown on this shepherd. And uh, 
it was out of the force that I always say to the olders uh, or to look after, look at the teeth after an incident, meaning a bite incident or bite work, just to make sure everything is okay. And uh, the officer did this and uh, noticed that the, the tooth broke off and the crowd wasn't there. And I said, it says, I always say, if that has happened on a rare occasion, it's just that the cement has cracked and basically you just have to find the, the crown and we could glue it back on sometimes. So he's out, out looking for the crown and couldn't find it. Well, he gets, he gets a call from the hospital. They found the crown. It was embedded in a guy's bone on his leg. Wow. So that's the first that these animals put on you know the dog and yeah. as a result uh, basically even a tooth can't hold up to that so if we have a a crown on it offers the best protection but one thing that people should realize is you don't need the full length of the tooth so what we do normally is shorten the tooth a little bit all what we need is actually about five to seven millimeters of tooth structure who actually have a hold where the dog can hold. So if, if we make more, we're actually giving more, uh, more of a chance of the tooth breaking or the crown coming off because of the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. So we say, I'm gonna cover the tooth to protect it, but I'm not gonna shape the tooth to the original size and shape because I, that way it's just gonna weaken the tooth. So, so can you describe what it, what a guy's looking at this when he's when the tooth is broken if that nerve is exposed? Cal, there's two situations. One is acute, the other is chronic. So if there's been acute fracture, so it's just happened, it will be probably even bleeding a little bit, but also you'll see a pink area in the middle, and that's the pulp. Hmm. You touch that, the dog will bite you for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of pain, okay? In a chronic situation, basically what happens is initially it's a lot of pain for that dog, just like it would be for us. And after about a couple of weeks, it basically just becomes a numbing sensation unless you touch it. And the next time it's excruciating pain as if there's an abscess. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when it's long-term, you will see a blackish area in the middle. And as a result, uh, you can tell that that's a long-term, you know, fracture. It still needs to be addressed because those dogs, what they'll do is they'll latch on, but they'll let go when there's pain. So they should be addressed. Any fractured tooth should be looked at by your veterinarian. And if there's just dentin exposed, we normally put it on a, a sealant and smooth off the edges. And that's all we need, because that seal it will last uh, for a lifetime. But a crown, if there's a lot of crown structure lost, you might want to consider a crown. I, I would always, if it was my dog, I'd put a crown on. Now, are they like us, where if that's exposed, where like drinking cold water will bother them? And just like, yes. you know, with us, if you suck in air, you're like, oh, my gosh, that really, that's really bad. Is it, is it the same with dogs? The same, but again, our, their drive is so strong 
that a lot of times it's only when they bite that they realize, oh, that hurts, I let go. So, you know, they'll still go, uh, but, you know, you know, they, they, their, their drive is amazing, just yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're, uh, they can be a detriment to themselves at times, you know. Um, oh, and we, and we always, I always say then we train that out of them too, you know, that, that, um, that fear, that trepidation, or that sense of, uh, I better, I better get this looked at, you know, that type of thing. So uh, real quick, before we ask another question, we're talking about uh, breaking teeth and everything. So a lot of times what I've seen is dogs, a, a tooth gets broken and it's got jagged pointy edges. The nerve isn't exposed and guys just let it go. And it kind of, to, so that it can kind of wear down but is that where an incident where you take them in and try, maybe look at getting a crown? You know what I'm talking about. They get and they're jagged and yes. real sharp at that point. Well, if you have pulpal exposure, absolutely they need to be seen right away mm -hmm. or the next day, you know, uh, because it is painful. And if you want to save that tooth, getting a root canal procedure done is, is the, the answer. It also would need some pain medication and some probably some medication just to keep the mouth healthy and clean. If it's just a chip, you could easily put on a sealant. They still need to be anesthetized, but it's like a 15 minute procedure. It's not a long procedure. And you put a sealant on and just smooth the edges off so it doesn't break down anymore. I would still recommend a crown on that, those, but some people, they want to save up for a crown because it's not cheap. As we, as the costs are the same as in humans, mm -hmm. so and th they're bigger, so there's more metal and more precious metal. So it's, the crown is going to cost a little bit more. So you know, some people need to save up for that, and as a result, just doing the sealant and smoothing it off is probably the the minimum. If you have pulpal exposure and you're not going to do anything or do a root canal. Unfortunately, that tooth should be extracted. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, uh, for the sake of the animal, it's, it would be cruel not to because the animal's in pain. Yeah. And, obviously, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't like to extract teeth. That's, uh, but uh, again, if that's the only mm -hmm. option, so be it. Down the road, you could always put in a, an implant, just like how we have implants uh, ourselves. Uh, implants would work, dogs work, they work very well. The, basically, you just don't build them up high, as I mentioned, the laws of physics. Uh, you know, we <laughs> got to keep them, but there will be enough to hold. But that takes time for that uh, implant, you know, to, to, to what we call osseous integrate, which means the bone has to bind to the implant and that takes time and we can't have the dog doing bite work that for a certain period of time usually about three months so it you know they're down for a few months yeah so before we go on to the next question olivier um with the one tdc so in this we're talking about obviously some discomfort with the dogs and things like that where where does one tdc fit in with anti-inflammatory stuff is it is it something that we recommend as a as a daily supplement or just when there's issues or wh where do you see that at? Yeah, so Dr. Anthony's recommendation actually, it's all about prevention is to be proactive. 
So you literally start them once they're about six months old, once the adult teeth are in, you want to be proactive. Now, plus, you know, your audience, they're not pets, they're working dogs, which means that you're training, you're doing decoy work and so forth. So bottom line, you're, you're creating a lot of abrasion on the gums. So if you think of oral health, you really have two parts. You have the tartar and plaque, and then you've got the gum health aspect of it. One TDC does its focus is, is is keeping that that those gums healthy, and the truth is, if you don't have those gums healthy and you have bacterial activity, you got infections and so forth. Over time, you have not only pain but you also have erosion of the bone. You have a lot of things that go pretty badly. So being preventive, preventative, focusing on doing when they're young is the key. So one TDC's purpose is to really stimulate very healthy inflammatory responses. We keep those, those gums healthy. So when they do work and they bleed and so forth, you're, you're helping recuperate those gums a lot faster. So that's, uh, it's good for the, for the dog to feel better. And, and frankly, you keep them, you can train them uh, and, and not have to worry about them at damaging uh, the gums and so forth and create pain downstream. Yeah, this, you know, and as you guys have seen with working dogs, there's a lot of trauma to their mouth. Uh, like all the time, yeah. you know, cause you'll see a dog who hasn't done bite work in a while, his gums are bleeding, you know, he bleeds on the equipment. If he's biting, like if he's going through a school or something and he bites, uh, that goes away within a day or two, but it's still, it's still just a lot of trauma, uh, on, on the dog. Um, so our buddies at, um, SPD canines, um, they train with me, good dudes, uh, they asked, we've been told dogs' teeth don't need to be pearly white and clean to be healthy as they are not like human teeth. Fact or fiction? Also, what should we look for when checking the teeth? Just at general health. Good question. Well, actually, just because you see a little bit of discoloration to the tooth is not a, a major issue. Black uh, and calculus, it, if it's mild, not a, a problem. However, if the plaque calculus becomes subgingival, means beneath the gums, that's where there's real problems, where we're going to get bone loss, tissue loss, meaning gum loss, and basically we can lose the teeth down the road if it's severe enough from periodontal disease. So having a, to me, inflammation of the gums is more important than tartar or plaque. Now, tartar and plaque, when it comes to periodontal disease, it's like having a forest fire. Basically, plaque and, and tartar are the match that starts the fire. The fire is inflammation, and that's what causes the destruction. So control the inflammation, you control the destruction. But the spark is plaque and calculus. So that's why we do plaque control and tartar control and inflammation control. And that's where you know TDC is, is a great preventative for trying to decrease uh, uh, swelling of the gums and basically promoting a normal, healthy mouth. And, and if any of you out there have ever been around a dog with periodontal disease, it, their breath will melt paint <laughs> off a wall. It is so bad. 
is disgusting. Well, I mean, humans can be pretty bad too, of course. But <laughs> with a couple of dogs, I'm like, oh my gosh, get away from me. So you'll know you, if it's like that. You should, uh, unless he just eats poop and burps in your face, and that's a whole other deal. Um, but, but that's a good point, Eric. What you're saying because the, the the thing is, we get so accustomed to that smell, we think it's normal. It's not. There's an underlying problem when that happens. Obviously, it could be in the mouth, it could be gastric, it could be different things, but it's not something to be neglected. Now, if it smells like poop, then we know what the problem is. Yeah. But, um, but seriously, and I, I think that's something we see sometimes, or, you know, sometimes you say, well, you know, my dog's gum, they just bleed. Well, yeah, not get it. If you did some trauma and you did some intense training, it's going to happen, but do the right thing for the dog. Make it so it recuperates faster, so that pain goes away faster. So that, that's what we're about in, in training and obviously using the, the one TDC to help them. So we, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. We were talking about crowns and um, Marvel the Dutch asked about uh, the, the best toy for dogs that have crowns. Toys, maybe a reward toy or just a toy that you play with, like with a Dutch Shepherd. Well, the big thing with uh, any, any chew toy or that is I always go by the rule of thumb that if you can bend it with your hands, it's fine. If you can't bend it, it's too hard. Uh, and that's where basically the animal will crunch and break teeth and even dislodge crowns or even break the tooth underneath the crown. So basically they can still chew. It's just that you have to make sure that you can manipulate it, move it a little bit. So otherwise if it's, can't be moved don't give it You're it's funny because i think it was like four years ago when you guys were on here before and that exact it's not changed again some of those things are the exactly the same i remember that the bendable toy and i took that to heart because we had some toys around this house that were not so i was like yep nope in the garbage in the garbage you know <laughs> that's why if i don't care if, if nobody ever listens to this i learned something out of it so for me that's super <laughs> important um Dr. Dot Decoy asked, um, how common is it for dogs to only develop three of the four premolars? I know of two mouths missing all four P2 teeth. Ask that and explain to people actually what premolars are. Well, premolars are the teeth right behind the big fang teeth, the canines. And uh, there's four of them, top and bottom on each side. So uh, the, the first premolars are really, they're not, they're probably the, the least valuable of any of the teeth, okay? Mm -hmm. So if they're missing, I'm not so worried, okay? Even for bite work. But uh, I mean, obviously I, I wanna save as, uh, the teeth instead of lose them. However, if we have to lose one. If, if it's the first premolar, I'm not worried. How common is missing teeth? It's actually very common. Uh, but the first thing that you need to do is say, is it truly missing? Mm. Mm. People don't see it. Oh, it's missing. A lot of times they are impacted. Oh. They have impacted teeth. And they can become cystic and develop a big swelling on their face and lose a lot of bone because basically, without being too scientific, there's a membrane around the tooth that when an eruption breaks, if that membrane doesn't break, it secretes fluid and becomes a cyst. And I've seen it where basically almost half the jaw is missing because of, you know, 
these cysts that can be that big. So an x-ray should be taken, a dental x-ray should be taken to make sure it's truly missing or is it impacted? Because if it's impacted, you need to get that out sooner than later. At, at what age would you say, okay, we need to take a look at this. Everything's done. Everything's grown in. I'm not seeing it. We got to take a look at it. Typically. I would say about eight or nine months of age, right around there. Because their first, their pre-molar should be already erupted by then. And if, and even at, as early as six months would be okay. Uh, because if you take x-rays to see if the teeth are there or not at six months, you can see if they're there. And you can just say, well, give it some time. And if it hasn't erupted by eight or nine months, let's uh, take them out. And I said six months because a lot of people get their dog spayed or neutered at that time. And if they're under, take an x-ray if there's some missing teeth. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. If you think Yeah. Um. Nova Bun Bun, never seen that name before. That's pretty cool. Uh, at what point should canine wear be intervened? My dog is wear that keeps progressing. His dental vet says something can be done when they are painful. Anything in the meantime to decrease wear? She already removed bones and tennis balls only using chucket balls. As far as wear of the teeth, what usually it's chewing on something abrasive or they have some allergies, skin allergies, mm. that is chewing itself because hair can be very abrasive over time and be like sandpaper on the teeth and wear them down. Oh, that they're chewing from them chewing on themselves. Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. And uh, normally tennis balls are, are horrible for wearing these down. What happens is they get thrown and they pick up dirt and whatnot. And it's just like having sandpaper. These dogs are jumping on this tennis ball and wearing their teeth down. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's dentin exposure, I always say something should be done. And I would say behavioral uh, alteration would be a better choice than actual treatment. So if it's, let's say a behavioral issue, get it as treated, treated as behavioral issue. Or if it's tennis balls, well, change to a hockey ball instead okay uh so address what's causing the problem and then if it's you know just still continuing then really you're going to need to have a crown placed sooner or later and probably a root canal done if there is near pulpal exposure so I might be wrong on this, but is it to, with the, the knock on tennis balls is that they get dirt on the tennis ball and then grind it into their teeth? Is that what we're kind of That's shying right. away from it for? Exactly. It's, a, it's not the fibers. The fibers really don't cause much, but it's the dirt that's inside the tennis ball. Let's face it, even if it's asphalt, it's going to pick up, uh, you know, basically a little bit of dirt and whatnot. And oh, yeah. They start on that. And before you know it, you've got sandpaper just rubbing on the, on the teeth. Yeah, I can see that. And everybody here that uses tennis balls can go, yeah, I've, I've doing four hides. I've thrown the ball on the first one, picked it up. It's got slobber and rocks in it. And I just knock it off. And beat it, you know, what, what do they do? Bounce it back on the ground. 
get more rocks on it, maybe knock off the <laughs> other rocks, but you pick up something and you can see that. I just, I still use tennis balls when I'm teaching dogs in the beginning, but there's no, they get the ball a couple seconds and we're done. Um, but I have, I eventually start going to a little bit more of the rubber toys, which is a little bit easier to clean. It's not perfect, of course. Well, I, I really like uh, the hockey balls, the road okay. hockey balls. Because they're, 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 they're thick enough that they're durable, but they're not, if you use this, say, a lacrosse ball and throw it, well, I've seen a few dogs jump up and catch it in the air and break their teeth. Oh, yeah. So it's just hard. Uh, it's a big blow, basically. So as a result, I like the hockey balls, which have give, some give, and, you know, it's rubber, and it's clean. It's clean. Well, cleaner, it doesn't pick up dirt as easy as a tennis ball. You have to take a look at that. That's Yeah, uh, a lacrosse ball, I could kill you with a lacrosse ball. So why are we throwing those into our dog's mm-hmm. mouth? Um, exactly. One of the things that's, this is not only in the, the working dog world, this is in dog world to, in general. JPD1130 asked about the chew sticks for cleaning dogs teeth is it a gimmick does it work does it provide any value it does provide some value most of those treats will provide some abrasive action to remove some plaque and calculus from the teeth however it's only about maybe 35 percent effective so you have basically 65% that's still retained. Mm-hmm. So still need to do more. I mean, it's not, it's not a single use product. You know, brushing will remove probably about 96% of plaque and calculus on the teeth. Where, you know, this will maybe be 35%, maybe even a little bit more, but not much. So you got to use see, other things. Do you see guys that are dog working dogs to do bite work tend to have less plaque buildup because of that constant banging into that. Will that knock any of that off? This is a straight layman question. So I may be completely gone on that one. I find that there's less plaque uh, and tartar on it because plaque, it has to be on the tooth for a certain amount of time before it becomes solidified. That's what tartar is. So if you keep plaque under control and when they bite a sleeve or something like that, they're actually having abrasive action on the teeth and will take that plaque off. So yes, it it does help. I would say it's the total answer, but it does help significantly. Awesome, awesome. So I'm gonna pull up our Facebook real quick because I know there were some questions on there because there's one specific I wanted to, uh, to address um, that somebody maybe, asked. Maybe, Eric, the flip side of that for a doctor or anything is a question is, while there's less tar and plaque, are you seeing more uh, gum swollen or inflammation, obviously, from the work that they do, even though they may have less tar and plaque? What, what are you usually finding from a oral health, gum health specifically? Well, after let's say a lot of bite uh, work, a lot of times they do have a little bit of abrasion on the the gingiva or the gums, and may have a little bit of bleeding or redness to it, so a little bit of inflammation. Uh, it, but again, as far as periodontal disease, very minor, very minor. Okay, 
Um, so let's address the uh, the picture. And there's a there's a follow up question about caps on it. So I I don't know if it's still a real big huge thing, but these these titanium caps that these people now there's somebody a buddy of mine in the in the thread Trent says that he has seen high end protection dog companies that actually pull the teeth and put caps in so that they can sell these badass looking dogs that look like you know Jaws from 007 if we remember that from when we were younger. Um, Let's talk about those because those are always a, a little bit of a controversy, the whole titanium teeth thing. Well, when you say titanium teeth, you're talking about titanium crowns, not uh, an implant. Right. Because they're, they're two different things. But the titanium crowns are very durable. They're, they're, they don't abrade very, uh, easily. So they're, if the dog has a lot of abrasion problems, titanium will be something that would be actually worthwhile to use. The, as far as, uh, you know, if the tooth is healthy, I refuse to actually put a crown on. I, I was once uh, asked to do two dogs from a, actually, I'm sure you would know the person. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a very famous person uh, in L.A., and uh, they wanted me to put crowns on every single tooth of their dog. These were Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Oh, come on. And so, so they want, wanted gold crowns on everything. I refused to do it. It would have been great financially for me <laughs> to do that, but it's unethical. So if the tooth is healthy, there's no need for a crown. If there's you know, no pathology of that tooth, no veterinarian is going to place a crown on those teeth because it's unethical to do that. You're basically putting that dog's life at risk for putting it under. And as a result, basically doing more stress to that dog, stress to the uh, custodian's pocketbook, all those things. And you're really not uh, achieving anything that a, a normal healthy tooth will, will do. Uh, uh I have two two other follow-ups. The one from here, uh, Britt Q, I think is how you spell it, Q-U-I-S. Uh, do caps make the teeth prone to breaking lower when they do break instead of maybe only breaking a bit of the tip off? Uh, good question. The answer is uh, no. They can break up higher. It depends on how the crown is made. Every Some people make crowns a little bit different. I actually make mine a little bit thin and I don't build up very much, as I mentioned, where if you build too much and it's a long crown, it usually will break off at the level at the bottom of the crown, where if, with the ones that I do, if they do break off, it's just a tiny bit of the crown, not very much that comes off. So as a result, I have more tooth that I could actually do another crown if needed. You know, I've put in probably about 5,000 crowns in my career. And uh, I would say the number of crowns that I've had to repair afterwards, maybe less than two hands. So less than, nice. less than 10. Nice. So uh, that's good odds. They're so going to the, last. If they're last. You, you mentioned the implant. Uh, describe that. When would those be needed? And why? 
The only time that I would recommend a consideration of an implant would be if a canine tooth is lost. I mean, the whole tooth is lost or had to be extracted. And, you know, it's a really good working dog because if they lose that canine tooth, you know, it's like giving, having an officer out on patrol with a gun and, uh, you know, it only has only maybe three bullets instead of, you know, the full chamber. So basically the dog is not fully armed. And as a result, uh, having an implant in would be very helpful for this dog. The thing is, you don't have to build up the implant. You could have a small little crown. As I mentioned at the beginning of this program, all we need is about five to seven millimeters. Millimeters, that's not very much. And as a result, there was a study done by a colleague of mine who's passed away now, unfortunately, uh, where he uh, did uh, basically checked on working dogs if they can still hold with virtually small crowns. Absolutely. No problem. They, but they do need a crown to hold. So in other words, they need a tooth to hold. If you don't have a tooth there, they're going to slip and lose their grip. So, uh, you know, a crown is valuable, but doesn't have to be big. Yeah, we had a dog uh, at my department, my old department that I retired from that, re um, I think he's retiring or uh, he's, he was, he's pretty close to it. All four of his canines are worn way down. So when he, if he bites, he's, he's holding somewhat just on sheer strength of his jaw, but then pops right off. Now the admins love it because there's no, there's not that much damage. He's just, you know, stopping people in their tracks. I'm like, yeah, I, it, but he's shit. I don't know. Nine years old, 10 years old now. So, um, one thing I wanted to, by the way, uh, and Olivier can tell you the picture that we posted, the crowns that they're showing on there. I would assume those are crowns on the, on the canines yes. are ridiculously long, absolutely ridiculous. Um, they're too long. I, oh yeah, that yeah, you can see the top ones especially probably snap, pretty pretty easily. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before before we go to our next commercial break, because this was a this was something I never heard. So. Um, I'm at my old department. I'm there working. I, uh, we're doing bite work and I had turned my dog over so I could do full-time training to another, to another handlers. His dog's name was Loco. He's uh, he was aptly named Malinois hundred miles an hour, full send every time. Never like we weren't even really doing long sends with him because he was so, you know, just full speed all the time. Uh, one day we're doing a little bit of, I forgot what we were working on. He he hits the decoy and I hear oh just a little yelp out of him just a time like what was that so we start noticing pretty quickly that it's something's bothering him right and um, he starts like he's eating and food and stuff are just he's just drooling it and drooling a lot so we ended up taking him to a specialist and I want to say I hope I got this right and I'd never heard of this but he had. Uh, basically TMJ, I think, uh, like humans can get in his jaw. And I'd never heard of that in a dog. Now, subsequently, I've heard about it like a dozen times. Can you talk about that, what that looks like, what that is? Because it's not zero I, now that I've heard of a bunch of dogs having it and what that looks like. Well, I mean, the temporal mandibular joint, just like ourselves, dogs have problems with them as well. 
it's only been recently that we've actually been able to uh, accurately diagnose it because uh, with the advent of CT scans, basically uh, with the x-rays, it's, you know, there's always question marks with x-rays, but with CT scans, you can see exactly what's happened. And there's a, a lot of times there's minor dislocations, there's uh, swelling in there from trauma, uh, there can be cracks, there can be fractures. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, problems can arise. They are hard to treat. Uh, TMJ uh, problems are hard to treat, and some sometimes we have to actually even amputate a portion of the TMJ if it's that severe. But a lot of times, what we do is just give it a tincture of time for treatment, mm -hmm. and just rest. Because sometimes just rest alone will cure it. You know, if it's a bruise or or you know, swelling in there, the rest, supportive care, basically that's all you need. Uh, but again, having the proper diagnosis is the key for treatment. And I, I'm a minimalist. I try to do things only if really needed. And uh, as a result, uh, I'd rather say, okay, we're going to rest them for a few weeks and we'll have a, a look at them afterwards. And if, you know, things go, are not going right, well, then we might have to go to step B. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did. We stopped doing um, bite work with him for a while because he had street bites and uh, he had several street bites after that. Uh, when, you know, that was the only time he was actually getting to bite, but ultimately it ended up uh, retiring him. He was, he was like, 10 or 11 at the time. And, um, uh, ultimately though, it was something that just, you know, they, they didn't want to pay for, for surgery or anything like that or shave it off. But he, uh, he ended up retiring and living, a, uh, several years after that. But, um, I was shocked when I heard that because I'm like, it makes sense. You know, we're, we're, we're not that far off. There's still a lot of, you know, structural things are the same. I had one more question, um, before we break, I don't know what made me think about this in the jaw, in the dog's jaw, like humans, we get the wisdom teeth or we get those extra teeth that come in and push and move things. Is that a thing? Is there anything with dogs where the, what is that random tooth coming up and sideways and through the gums and different things like that? Well, teeth can erupt abnormally. Uh, that's one thing, but also we could have what we call supernumerary teeth, extra teeth that can arise. And a lot of times they're impacted and become cystic, as I said, with the missing teeth, which they're there, so a lot of times they're there and become cystic. So yes, it does happen, but not to the same extent as our, let's say with us with wisdom teeth. Uh, basically, our teeth basically are columns all the way around. Dog's teeth are interdigitating. So they interdigitate. And as a result, they don't have the same type of movement as our teeth. And if we have an impacted tooth, it's pushing all the teeth forward and causing overcrowding and, and rotating of teeth and discomfort as well, but improper bite and whatnot, where with us or with dogs, the interdigitation, if it's not correct, then they can't close their mouth properly. And that's when we have to do something to allow for proper closure of the mouth. A lot of times it just means selective extraction. Other times it can be 
basically doing some enamel plasty, removing some of the outer enamel, then putting a sealant on. So there are lots of things that can be done to help with that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just thinking about that when we were talking about, you know, the the premolars missing. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen dogs that look like they don't have a full mouth, but I've never seen one with extra. And I figured it has to be a thing. That that has to be. So we're going to go ahead and well, take a break. Common, what's that? I say, was going to say what is more common is retained baby teeth. Oh, really? And causes abnormal positions of uh, the adult teeth. And as a result, a lot of times... Some of these dogs do, do need some orthodontic work. Dog with braces. Okay. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. Uh, we get back. We're going to get over some uh, oral health facts all canine handlers should know. And we'll talk about where you can see those and, and uh, talk about work so well on their website and everything like that. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are... Great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience, and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicek9training.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The doctor guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily, whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free, 1900S hands-free. And then I use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols. So hit them up at Dogtra Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then you've got Dogtra.com. And when you go there, if you use the discount code WDR10, they'll give you 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. So if you're looking at a 1900S or that Ball Popper Pro or one of those things, it'll knock a substantial chunk off there. So hit them up, doctor.com, WDR10. So everybody knows that Ted and I uh, not only train police dogs, we train pet dogs, right? We train dogs. So it's why our relationship with Ray Allen Manufacturing is so important. They've, these guys have been doing this so long. They knew and they understand that dogs are dogs and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So you go to rayallen.com. 
they have everything dog related that you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet, training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for, other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So if you're ordering stuff for police dogs and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one, man. They ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code working dog radio, all capital letters, working dog radio for 10% off. Check them out. RayAllen.com. Great people. Ted and I use them every day. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law, the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so if you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him, give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a, suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that, you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, 
Uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications that it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. Eric Stamble here from Canton. Ted is out in Bend, Oregon. Doing his thing with HRD, the time difference, you know, couldn't couldn't get him on here. Uh, with us, we have Olivier from Work So Well, the manufacturers of One TDC, and Dr. James Anthony, who's a pioneer in the dental aspect of canine, or uh, you know, veterinary health, and um, the medical director for Work So Well. So, Olivier, um, talk about the website Work So Well because it's, I mean, this isn't secret information. Like no. you guys share a lot of things that a reference that, that a guy could go and look and, and learn a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the key thing for us in the, the work so well, and the whole idea, it, it kind of sounds cheesy, but that's really, we're, we're not about a lot of products. We're about things that really do make a difference and do work so well. Uh, one TDC is the flagship. That's been our focus all along, helping the animals and the humans uh, with anything that promotes healthy inflammatory responses. So if you go to worksowell.com, you basically are going to make a determination, cat, dog, or you're going to be going on the human side. Um, a lot of our clients, though, and, and, and low, very loyal customers in many different areas, working dogs, canine sports, um, use the product, um, and, and we make that very easily accessible on that website. Uh, and the key for us is, like I mentioned a bit earlier in the podcast, is, is we really are focused on helping that, those gums being super, super healthy. And what's kind of unique about the product is it's not just going to help the mouth, but you're also systemically helping throughout the body, uh, promoting healthy inflammatory responses, which is fantastic because you have a two for one. You're also going to help the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, and the joints. And let's face the facts. When you're dealing with a working dog, you got to help the mouth. And there's nothing like this product. But on top of it, if you have any concerns of orthopedic concerns, preventatively, they're going to want to get, use this product. So you, you really got this two for one. And I think we've, we've done a pretty good job making it accessible and pricing it right. I think it's very affordable to where it's kind of a no brainer. You don't have to buy a bunch of products. This is going to take care of the joints, tendons, ligaments, like I said, in the mouth in one solution. So it's very convenient. It's very tasty too. No. Dogs uh, totally think it's a treat. So that's a, that's a fun part too, because it's something that the dogs look forward to. Uh, and it's really easy to give. Is it like a, like in a gummy or like a vitamin type? Yeah, form? it's probably the best way to say it. it's kind of like a gummy bear for the dog. So it's it's made in a hard shape. It's real nice and cute. <laughs> and you can twist it open and you got to do it fast because the source of the product is a beef tallow, beef fat source, U.S. based. We're a U.S. company. Um, and the you basically hold it once open, cut it if you want to and just squeeze on the upper gums. Um, if you've got a 50 pound dog, you'll give two of them for 30 days. That's your loading dose. And then you keep them on after 30 days on one a day. So that's why it's very cost effective. I mean, you've got a bottle of 120 count, which we always recommend for working dogs. 
Uh, full retail is like 65 bucks. You got four months supply maintenance. You're doing joint sales, you're doing gum health, all in one solution. Plus, we'll, we'll get discounts for your audience and so forth. And you got That's bundles nice. too, the guys that have a lot of dogs and gals. So we, we help with that as well. That's great. Yeah. Is it uh, worksowell.com? Worksowell.com. Go in the doc site, uh, look for one TDC. Don't mess around with the 30 and the 60 count bottles. A lot of those dogs, working dogs at good size, go straight for the 120 count. It's the most cost-effective, dramatically more cost-effective. You got bundles if you have a lot of dogs and then use some of the coupons that we're making available to uh, to your audience as well and save, I think, 10 bucks on top of the discounts that's there. That's awesome. Uh, we really appreciate that too. Um, and those of you, if you missed the second segment, uh, we talked about, uh, or the first segment, I think it was, we talked about uh, Dr. James Anthony who, saw this uh research done on this uh on this product and was like yeah i think i'm gonna do my own thing spent six months going over with a fine tooth comb and it's like yep sorry sorry i doubted you uh some good shit. hey let me come on as your director and uh here we are so uh it sounds like a great team man works so well uh and, and dr james anthony um and again we're, we're happy to have you on now on the website uh there's a lot of information on there one of the things um is you so i'm a handler or these guys, other guys are handlers your dog there's just some things you should be doing your dog is not a, a unicorn he's not an anomaly um so we're just going to go over some of the things that get on there and these are stuff like so one of the things is uh a lot of a lot of guys are kind of on their own you know they might be a one or two dog unit not supported real well um they're they only are allowed to go on once or twice a year to the vet, you know, for, for maintenance training or maintenance checkups or emergencies if some emergencies happen. Um, otherwise, they're, they're just kind of doing everything themselves. So we're going to give them some information, some things that they, uh, that they, uh, facts that they all should know. And maybe mixed in those facts, we can dispel a couple myths. Uh, you guys all know what they are, probably way 100% better than I do. But um, and and things that come up like this, like we were talking about with the deer antlers earlier. Oh, those are great. Nah, not so much. Um, and actually, uh, and Olivier probably saw it. There's like four. There was like four questions about deer antlers in, in the thing. So we covered. We knocked out a bunch of questions. Of the same thing. That's right. Um, so one of the things that's done with dogs when we get them in from Europe or get them somewhere is they always X-ray hips, elbows, spine, that type of thing. We just look at the teeth. That's it. Just look at them. What, what the hell do I know what I'm looking at? So talk about taking the dental x-rays that, that in conjunction with everything else. Well, when you do the dental x-rays, you're taking it because you want to see if there if there's any abscess going on. <clears throat> Excuse me, with the teeth. You want to see that they're all there. They're all normal, healthy shape, and that there's no other pathology in the mouth. Like periodontal disease, bone loss, those types of things. So basically, a lot of these things are hidden. You cannot see uh, underneath the gums. You know, you have to look at via x-rays. So getting dental x-rays for the mouth, really, if you're spending that much money on a dog, you want to know what you're getting. Because I've seen a few dogs that have, that were brought from Europe uh, for, you know, for the police forces. And after we did the x-rays, those dogs went back. Mm. So you have major problems. And, you know, that's many thousands of dollars. What does periodontal disease look like in an x-ray? 
<clears throat> periodontal disease, look in the x-ray, we'll, you'll see basically bone loss. Uh, bone loss is the first thing. On multi-rooted teeth, there's an area between the, the two roots right here in the middle mm -hmm. called the frication. That is the first area to lose bone when there's gum disease. So we look very closely there to see if there is any bone loss or not. Otherwise, if you look at the crest of the bone and just follow it and make sure that it follows the basically, it should be just at the cemento enamel junction. So where the enamel begins uh, is where that bone should be. And so we watch very carefully. Bone loss is the key. So then, we, uh, sorry. It's okay. We have, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, so like German shepherds, for example, German shepherds, and it's probably from decades of the, the way their breeding is going. A lot of them, when they hit about 10 or 11 years old, you're looking at uh, degenerative myopathy. You're looking at some cancer. You're looking at some things like that. Is there any breeds of dogs that you see that are maybe a little bit more prone to some tooth issues? The, I mean, there, there's breeds that are, uh, are more prone to certain types of uh, dental disease than others. You know, but usually the, the small breeds, they're much more uh, prone to developing periodontal disease than, say, a Malamar or German Shepherd. Those dogs with their high drive, they're more likely to have fractured teeth. Mm. Because and also a lot of times they're so high energy that they develop nervous uh, signs and they, it's just like us people chewing their fingernails. They have to chew something, change, chew in their cages. Getting yeah, oh yeah, a lot weird. on their cages, yep. So there's a lot of wear on the canines on that. And, you know, if the canines aren't there, basically you don't really have much of a biting dog. So... so a lot of the stuff that we that we've talked about covers a lot of this stuff here, but we're gonna um, we'll look at. Uh, Actually, so, before you go to the next question, one thing yeah. I was going to point about dental X-rays and, and and Dr. Anthony will not say that, but I can. If your veterinarian does not have a dental X-ray machine, run. <laughs> Don't do any work when it comes to dentistry. That's one thing. And this is no disrespect to veterinarians, but they're not all created equal, as Dr. Anthony mentioned earlier, based on training. But one of the signs is if they don't have a dental extra machine, it's like if you're going to a dentist and they don't have a dental extra machine, you wouldn't get any work done. And that's right. just a very simple indicator. And maybe they will. But if you have your working dog and they don't, go somewhere else. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, one thing I like is at my veterinarian's office, we've been going there for years. Um, anything above the basic teeth stuff, they have they refer you to the right people. Smart. And they're not blowing you off and they're not trying to not do the work. They're just like, hey, this guy's better. You know, and, and I really appreciate that. They want the that. best for your dog. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's how we figured out the TMJ problem on Locos. We went to a specialist. Um, you know, every state has them. We're lucky. In Ohio, Ohio State University has got a uh, their their veterinary college has a, uh, a specialist in everything, right? So I'm sure most there's a lot of places in almost every state that they can go. Don't be afraid to not go to your normal guy if you have to, you know, go up you know up the road and from me about 25 minutes away in Akron is a is a hospital that is a veterinary hospital that has some experts in 
different fields. And like I said, that's where we took local and found that out. Um, they actually brought it. They had a guy come in, probably a traveling guy like Dr. Anthony. He came in and for that special case. And he said, yeah, I don't, I don't see that too much, but it's not nothing. So um, talking about the maintaining of training aids, bite sleeves and bite suits and how that helps with the teeth. Well, the, the biggest problem that I've seen with the fractured teeth in, in working dogs is actually not from the actual work of this, say going into uh, a bar and grabbing so, somebody that's causing disturbance and pulling them out with the, mm -hmm. the dog. Basically, if some dog bites somebody's arm, they're not going to wail it around like a decoy does with the, with the padding and whatnot. Because they, they're trying to test their grip and hold, whether they'll hold on. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there's a lot more lateral forces created on those teeth. And if there's a tear or a hole in the sleeve or whatever, and the tooth gets in there, it actually could get trapped and uh, create a lot of abnormal forces on that tooth where it just snaps. And that's where you can get a lot of fractured teeth. Uh, I would say probably about a good, I would say 40 to almost 50% of fractured teeth of working dogs have been from sleeves and, and or uh, and padding that have holes or tears in it. So just make sure that it's- Ooh, That's a lot. Way. It's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And and everybody listening that that works a dog that uh does bite work or decoys can can all point out times when they remember when we're trying to work on the verbal out on the dog getting them to let go and they physically can't cuz mm. they're stuck. They're stuck in that jute, mm -hmm. a hole or a tear in the fabric. And plus if you got holes in your suit, that sucks. That, I mean, <laughs> puncturing through the suit. Like, yeah, I got to get rid of the suit. It's got eight punctures through it. Okay, dude, spend some money and, and go. Um, so I mentioned earlier, and th there's something you you have on there. And again, if you guys get on worksowell.com, you can keep up with a lot of the stuff that, that we went over and you can re rewind this and go through this episode and listen to it. There's a lot of good information on here that you can even go to your admins with and say, see, I told you, we, we got some things we got to keep on top of. Um, we talked about bite work and bleeding. Uh, dogs that haven't been doing it for a while is my, is the way I thought. I always thought, well, this dog hasn't bit, hasn't done bite work in a long time, you know, maybe a month for whatever reason. But there actually could be a little bit more underlying problems when it comes to bleeding and bite work. That's very true. If you have initially some bleeding and they were off for, a, you know, a week or so from not doing any bite work, basically the gums are a little bit more relaxed. It's just imagine you and I, if we didn't brush our teeth for a few days and then we brushed our teeth, our gums would bleed. Same idea with the dog. You know, if they're not doing bite work on a regular basis and then they start doing bite work, they could get abrasions on their gingiva or gums causing bleeding. However, if that bleeding occurs and you're doing constant bite work of that, that could be an indication that you have gum disease and you're with your dog or that the tooth, uh, tooth has broken and there's pulpal exposure and cause bleeding from that. So if you do see bleeding, definitely take a good look at the mouth and even better yet, if uh, you're not sure, 
take them to your veterinarian for them to take a look at the mouth. So when the dog does say you send it, you're at training and you got your bite suit on your bite sleeve and you send the dog in there and he hits the sleeve or the suit and the tooth breaks, what, what reaction should guys expect out of the dog there? Well, what the, what normally will happen is they'll bite, but then they'll let go because it hurts. Mm-hmm. So they, they won't have the retention hold that, uh, that they're normally trained to have. As a result, they'll let go because they're hurting or the, the or the handler or not the handler, but the, the decoy actually says, I can feel a lot less pressure from the dog. Mm. So it was holding, but it's not as much pressure as it was before. So you should always talk to your decoy to see if they're can notice that type of a difference and the, the intensity of the bite and hold. Because if there's changes, that should be an indication for you that there's an issue. Yeah, I, I, I tell everybody, if your dog's a great, great biting dog, does really work, and all of a sudden something, something's different, like they're letting go. And again, like that one with Loco, that story, I heard it, just that little chirp out of him. I was like, yes. that's not normal. I was worried that he got, you know, maybe his neck jammed or something. There's something to look at, you know, when, when all of a sudden. Um, I think people discount the importance of the teeth health because uh, with disease, periodontal disease and stuff in their mouth, where else can that go to? Can that cause problems elsewhere in the dog's structure? Absolutely. And the World Health Organization has shown that uh, basically periodontal disease or gum disease, uh, along with other factors, are major contributors to many other systemic diseases kidney disease, joint disease, uh, Alzheimer's, obesity, uh, heart disease, low birth weight in kids, uh, the list goes on, dementia. So it does affect the area. And how it affects it is basically what happens is there's basically the disease, the plaque, and that plaque stimulates basically the body to form inflammation. Acute inflammation is good, but when it becomes chronic, that's when we have a whole bunch of inflammatory byproducts that goes into the bloodstream and is circulated throughout the whole body. And in certain areas of the body, along with other factors, can cause these diseases. So that's how it causes systemic disease. And the World Health Organization has really uh, come down hard on that with uh, being preventative because a lot of these diseases can be prevented very simply just by good oral health. Mm. And the same in the veterinary field. Same thing happens in the veterinary field. So if you look after the animal's mouth, it's a gateway to the whole body. And as a result, it could help a lot with the rest of the body as well. One thing I just remembered a question that I had read, I couldn't find it, but I remember reading it when it first came out was um, how, how is it that you can have two dogs in a household, both, you know, relatively same oral health, eat the same food and one dog have no issues and the other dog have all kinds of problems. Well, if you have two different dogs, you don't, they're not exactly the same as far as, immune status. 
some dogs' immune status is weaker than others. And that can be genetic as well. And as a result, they're more prone to getting certain conditions than the other dog. The other dog could have a super healthy immune system and as a result, get rid of the disease very simply. So really, uh, it's the way the body of these animals reacts to inflammation as far as how it can control it. And sometimes certain factors are missing in the body uh, that will basically allow certain other inflammatory products to be developed and as a result, overwhelm the body's condition. So as a result, uh, basically, you think that they're both the same on the same food and whatnot, but really it's the inside genetics that predisposes them to gum disease or other types of diseases. And yeah, I, makes I think, Eric, there's also an important part. I mean, you know, certain breeds are going to be more likely, like Dr. Anthony mentioned, but the, still the, you know, the AVDC, so the, you know, the veterinary dental uh, college will tell you 80% of cats and dogs by the age of three have some form of gum health issues. So it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So the whole aspect of being proactive is important. There's another factor to that as well that I've learned from Dr. Anthony. It's not always what you see. Sometimes it's what you don't see. That's why extras are important because sometimes you have good looking teeth, gums look okay, but the activity of the anaerobic bacteria is happening underneath the gums. So you could have bone erosion taking place. And you don't even know. Now, is it common? Probably not as much, but it, it, you can't just go on the assumption that I don't have an issue. Being proactive is the key to keep your dog healthy longer. And does this start at puppies? Is that important at the puppy stage to really be concentrating on it? I would always encourage people to start in puppyhood. I'll give you an example. My, my, my dogs, I have them on two things on a daily basis for oral health. One is a dental diet and the other is one TDC. And for nine years, I haven't had to clean their teeth once. Mm -hmm. I haven't had to do anything in their mouth at all. And that's just with a dental diet and one TDC. Their gums are excellent. They're, they don't have bad breath, no plaque, no calculus. And as a result, you know, should I be brushing? I mean, it would be better, but mm -hmm. only minor. Uh, basically, the dental diet is, will get rid of about 80%, 85% of uh, plaque and calculus. And the TDC basically helps with the rest. So as a result, I feel very comfortable using just those two products. So there's different forms of home care. So brushing is really great. And I would always encourage people to brush the teeth, but not everybody can. As a result, there's other methods that you can do to get good oral health. You know, a dental diet. And you don't have to use it as the diet. You could use it as a treat instead. And, and get almost the same amount of uh, plaque removal and tartar removal as if you gave it as a regular diet. And dogs love treats. People yeah. love giving pets treats. So it's an easy way of getting good health and basically the dog and the owner enjoying it as well. That makes a ton of sense. So Olivier, one TDC, one of the things I see on dogs that get not, not so much dental issues, 
But, you know, they come up maybe limping a little bit, a little bit something's going on with them. I'm never surprised ever when the vet gives them an anti-inflammatory, mm. ever. It seems to be a thing, you know, and probably in humans too, if we actually stopped limping through everything and, and when <laughs> took care of ourselves. But talk about one TDC, because I know we're talking about dental stuff in, in the mouth right. here, but inflammation is inflammation. And talk about the, the one TDC product and, and using it as a maintenance, what it does. Yeah. So that's a good question because I think really for your audience, the question is, okay, I understand one TDC is going to help with the gum health and I got nothing else for that. That works. I mean, Dr. Anthony is not going to say that and use it with 15,000 patients and his own dogs. If it's not the key product you want to use. But the second question your audience is probably wondering is well, I'm using a glucosamine product, a green lid muscle product. Isn't that good enough? I'm using fish oil, which is what my vet recommended. So what I want to give is, is a clear distinction of what this is. One TDC is completely different than fish oil and it's completely different than glucosamine. So if you're doing that, great, keep doing it. But if you want to go to the next level of promoting healthy inflammatory responses, you're going to want to use one TDC. Why? First is maybe not going too scientific, but what is so different about this product? It's two key things for your audience to know. Number one, one TDC has an attraction to white blood cells. So if you understand what happens in the complex inflammatory cascade, the body's going to respond to that by sending the white blood cells. One TDC works directly where it is most needed, where the white blood cells. So it's very targeted, which is why you don't need a lot of it. The second part is the absorption. This molecule is so unique as a fatty acid, and it's not a DHA, EPA. It's completely different. It's so absorbent. So when you put it on the gums, very little is needed. It goes right through transmucosally systemically it absorbs at 95%. But the part that's really, really cool is from a rehab standpoint, which you're gonna have with some of those dogs, you bust a knee, you got a CCL tear, you did a TPL or whatever you did, you know that that particular knee is going to be painful. It's gonna be more inflammation cascade taking place. One TDC topically cracked open on that knee is gonna promote healthy inflammatory responses. And I've done that with my dog who's on both CCL, very active athletic dog. And I got to tell you, from a rehab standpoint, they recovered faster. So if you look at what's available as far as products, you want to continue using glucosamine, go for it. Add this on. If cost is a factor and you only have so much budget, think of what you're going to get the most stretch for your dollar. And the uniqueness of one disease, you're going to the mouth, which is critical for the health of the dog. And you're going to go through the whole body benefit promoting healthy inflammatory responses. So the, it covers a lot of ground and it's very different. You, you don't find that molecule in other products. So hopefully that, that kind of helps kind of demystify. So what's so different? Why, why should I care about using this product? This is really the difference in what it does for your dog. Well, and the crazy thing is if you get on the work so well.com, there's a human side to the whole thing too. That's right. And I was just thinking about that. So I have, and you know, I, I have a lot of dogs on leash, right and left-handed. The the working dogs that I do, I don't necessarily in the, uh, stop them from pulling, right? There's a lot of things we do. So I got a lot of problems, inflammation in my elbows and forearms, some arthritis in there. I started taking fish oil, and it, it was it was pretty good. It worked, but um, it's tapped out now. Mm. It is, it's only going so far. Right? I'm still taking it every day, and it does help, but it's still like my flipping arm hurts 
now my dumb ass started doing i'm 52 and i started doing jujitsu in february nice and and uh so we get done from rolling or whatever and i've, I've held a grip on a guy's gi for a long period of time and my grip's pretty strong from these dogs get done i'm like wow that 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 hurts like i am so swollen in my arm and everything like that so i'm going to get on there and take a look at the the human side of it you know something's something's got to help plus you burp up fish oil so <laughs> well and the beautiful one you see on the human side eric is that we have a cream you put it on it's going to, and by the way remember the absorption it's not one of those that just kind of numbs the skin it goes very deep subcutaneous nice. very deep into the tissue so if you got an elbow problem it's going to go all the way down to the joint um so i always say to folks use the cream if you get a response within five minutes, which is what you should expect, you know your body's responding to it. The efficacy ratio is 80%, super high. So try that. Once you know that the cream is helping you, the reality is past 35, most of us actually need the supplement. So the whole body benefits from it. Yes. So guys, your age, my age, we need it systemically as a benefit to keep doing the crazy stuff we do. Yeah. And I'm stupid. Like I do just dumb shit and and it's all physical. And um, so I like, you know, CrossFit two nights a week, jujitsu three nights a week, dogs right. all day, every day, get bit. I was in a bite suit yesterday all day. It's not going to stop. I'm still got to keep doing it, you know, so that it's going to continue. Um, but man, I really, I'm really super happy you guys could, we could get you on, man. Um, it, it's been great. There's so many things as we we're talking, I'm like, yeah, I remember all this. And again, from the time you're on before to your time you're on now, nothing has changed in a lot of this stuff. The the toys, the type of toys, the dirt, the tennis ball. I'm, I know we brought all that up, that stuff up. Um, I, I really, I really like the talk we had about the the because there's a lot of questions about cracked teeth and in exposure, you know, root exposure and what what to do and. I don't know if guys think they could just walk it off, like, you know, get up like when we were little league and kids, you know, rub some dirt on it. Shake no. it off. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So again, anytime you're doing bite work with a pretty solid dog, your dogs, you should know your dog pretty well. And if something is abnormal, it's abnormal. There's, there's more than likely something wrong and, and be sure to go take a look at. It. So let's, let's talk nuts and bolts. We're going to do a, a discount code for the audience. Right. Um, I think I, I think I got a message. It's WDR10. Is that correct? Yeah. Do, actually, we made it specific with the word T. So it's W oh. for working dog radio, WDR teeth 10. Teeth 10. Yep. And, okay. And, it, and it's it's 10 bucks off. It don't, there's no minimum. We didn't want to do and do this. You know, for somebody to buy a bunch of stuff. We didn't want to do this. It's 10 bucks for the audience. They can use it. And the other thing, too, I just want your audience to know this. We're you know, we're a good entrepreneurial, good old USA company. The only goofy accent is mine from Europe originally, <laughs> but, um, and we're very accessible as well. I mean, we take to heart our ability to, to help the, the dogs and, and the owners as well. So if you got a question, get on the website, go into the chat, ask a question. If you got something specific, um, I don't want to over inundate the Dr. Anthony, but I can tell you that he's been very loyal to our clients to answer questions. And he can't diagnose and do and treats and all that stuff, but he'll give you general answers at times. So we we are very very accessible. You can get on the phone with us, and uh, and we guarantee the product. By the way, so you, it's everything you do with us is risk free. So if we can help, here's the handler feel better. Mm -hmm. Crazy things Eric keeps doing. That's a good thing. Yeah. 
and and keep your dogs you know like we talk prevention prevention take care of them early before the problems arise and then as they get older if we can keep them doing that job which they love doing longer if we can get an extra year or two because they aren't using one tdc that makes us happy that's that's when we you know we get up in the morning so we can help our clients yep uh, uh work so well.com wdr teeth 10 for ten dollars off the order have you uh have you branched out into um having distributors vendors people that have shops set up that can sell your stuff yeah that we do we always look for that uh, i'll be very frank with you we're very picky about that because we want people that are educated and it's not just about selling a product it's to know why you want to use this product so we will take high-end shops um, you know, Ray Allen's good partners. If, oh, uh, yeah. if you, if you want to go on our site or if you want to go on their site, uh, they, they carry the product, they carry the human product as well. So they're, they're good friends. Don't hesitate to go on their, on in their shop as well to get the product. Yeah. We love Ray Allen. They've been a sponsor for a while. I was just, I was just in Colorado hanging out with Matt and, uh, I wish I would have known that I would have told him, Hey, go back to the shop and get me some more on TDC. Well, we'll take your, uh, we'll, we'll get a good <laughs> testimonial out of it. It'll be worth it. Uh, we'll, for sure. Uh, social media, do you have anything Eric, like that you need to promote? I would like to just mention one thing is mm -hmm. that with the product, it's a wonderful product, but it does take a little bit of time to work. So in other words, if you have acute arthritic pain, it's going to take a little time oh, yeah. for that to work. It's going to be like having a MSAD or a, you know, a steroid where it's going to be a few hours. This is going to be a few days Got it. before it really makes a difference. I'm so busy. I won't even notice till about four days. I'm like, Hey, wait, my arm feels pretty good. Well, and there, there's some tricks in that here. Like, like a fellow like you and what you're doing, if you put the cream on once, it may not be enough. You may want to put it like two or three times every 15 minutes till like you really decrease that discomfort in there. So there's a, and, and here's a secret about this. This is what human athletes do. Love the cream. But truth be told, if you crack one of those soft gels and you put that on topically, it's even stronger. Mm. So a lot of people, athletic people do that and they figured that out. So you get a higher concentration of that one tetradecanal complex molecule right at the site. So we'll, uh, and those are questions when we talk to our customers, we're always happy to help with that and take care of them. Yeah, I had a, a orthopedic doctor wanted to cut me open and uh, I started just taking some fish oil and everything and it did a lot of that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I would prefer not to be sidelined for four months on on a, on a business that requires use of my arms <coughs> you know what i mean so uh olivier social media is there anything like that you yeah so uh we're pretty active on facebook uh just go to um one tdc works so well um that's when you can search us i think it's one tdc but it's kind of goofy sometimes when you're trying to change some of those names mm. uh but same thing on the on instagram one tdc pet uh you can find us there and, uh, and we love testimonials because, and that's what's the fun part is we can blob about our products as much as possible. The fun part is when we hear about your story. So, um, you know, just came back from Canine Blue Line. It was a great event. Saw mm -hmm. you guys actually there. Yep. Um, it's nice to see the officers coming in and saying how much of a difference it's made for the dogs. Listening to your first podcast, actually, it, it really gave them some insights and, and how much it cleared up some of the discomforts the dog had, or frankly, all that redness around the gum. So, yeah, we're that's uh, we love your community and we want to do everything we can to help. I really, really appreciate it, man. Our, our people are super loyal too, man. Everybody, uh, Ray Allen talks to me about it all the time how how they get so many things coming over that they heard it on Working Dog Radio. So we're, yep. we're super happy. We hit 
over a million downloads now. So we're, we're rolling along yeah. pretty well. That's impressive. So Good we're pretty that. excited about it. Uh, Dr. Anthony, I really appreciate it, man. Your, your breath of knowledge is, is insane. Um, that's, it's amazing. The stuff you can just click off from all those years of experience. It's weird how that works, you know? <laughs> so Olivier, great talking to you, uh, as always Thank guys. You. Uh, hey, you're going to be at hits by any chance. Yes, sir. I'll be all right. Everybody there. Ted and I'll have a booth and we're going to teach. So, uh, be sure you guys stop by, uh, the work so well booth and, um, Tell American Ted said hello, and then come over and give me a beer. That would be nice if you, if you don't. That'd be fun. <laughs> we'll get your one TDC coin. How's that? Oh, I'll take it. I like. All them. right, we got I, a gold like one. It. We got a silver one. Ooh. All right. Okay. We'll see what we got to do. So, anyways, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, guys, stick around. We'll have another episode coming up after this. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.